welcome back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia. I'm uh, the publisher of Seeking Rents, a newsletter where we explore the ways big businesses and other special interests influence public policy in Florida. So we are now one third of the way through Florida's 2024 legislative session. The session is nine weeks long. We're at the end of week three. But in in one really sort of key respect, the session is just starting because we're now seeing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis re-engage in Tallahassee now that he's finally put his presidential campaign out of its misery. And you could see this very clearly yesterday on day 17 of the session um, when Florida lawmakers started moving on a bunch of bills that are or at least sure seem to be Ron, De- Ron DeSantis priorities. Let's start with one that is um, I think genuinely pretty ominous. It's House Bill 1551. Um, this is a bill that would give the governor pretty much unlimited military power. It <laughs> sounds like I must be exaggerating there, but I, I am not. The bill makes a bunch of changes around the Florida State Guard. That's the governor-controlled militia that lawmakers resurrected in 2022 at DeSantis' request. Um, this bill does two big things in particular, though. First, it would allow the, the governor to activate the State Guard for quite literally, any reason at all. Second, the bill would give militia members powerful legal protections if they are ever criminally charged or civilly sued over something they do while on duty. I'll give you a couple of examples of that. Um, For one thing, they could have the attorney general's office defend them in these cases at taxpayers' expense. They would also get paid by taxpayers for all the time they spend in these legal proceedings. At the same time, the bill would hang a a full-on sword of Damocles over any plaintiff who brings a case against a a Florida State Guard member for something they did while on duty. It would do this um, by forcing any plaintiff who fails to win their case, not just loses, but if they withdraw their case, they would have to pay everyone's attorney fees and costs, including for both the individual militia member and the state itself. Um, This is some like next-level mission creep happening here. Remember, the Florida State Guard was created just two years ago, and everyone, Ron DeSantis most of all, pitched it as simply just another way to help the state respond more quickly to emergencies like hurricanes. This bill would take the Florida State Guard far beyond that. Uh, Now, that said, not all Ron DeSantis bills are, are scary. Some are just, I don't know how else to say this, silly and seemingly completely unserious. Like when you somehow try and take a a basic transportation bill and turn it into a culture war battle. I'm talking here about House Bill 1301. Um, This is what uh, people in the legislature will call a a transportation package, basically like an omnibus piece of legislation that makes a whole bunch of different changes to transportation policy that mostly all unrelated to each other other than the fact that they have something to do with transportation. There are a few transportation packages are filed every year. Now, most transportation packages are sort of like, you know, 75% basic mechanics of government stuff that's just meant to make things run a bit more smoothly and 25%, you know, favors for vendors or other special interests. And there's a lot of that going on in House Bill 1301, which deals with some like just fundamental stuff like how much the Florida Department of Transportation should spend on plants next to highways or or when an unused prepaid toll account should become considered unclaimed property. Uh, but then it gets into like COVID wars. I- I'm serious. One part of the bill would cut off funding to airports, seaports, commuter rails, bus agencies, 
any any transit agency that displays any kind of covid related messaging from the Centers for Disease Control, the U.S. Department of Health or any other part of the federal government. Then there's another part of the bill that gets into ESG. Don't know what ESG is. Don't worry. Most normal people don't. The only folks who seem to care about it are the sort of terminally online keyboard warriors who drive presidential campaigns into the ground. Um, this part of the bill basically says that the the Florida Department of Transportation can't consider environmental, environmental, social and governance factors when doing its transportation planning, which is, again, silly and who cares what. But it actually goes much further than beyond that, too. It, it would, for instance... Also forbid uh, BOT from considering any carbon reduction in its planning processes or from complying with federal government edicts aimed at reducing carbon. Um, it is probably a good time to remind you here that airports and seaports and Florida's entire transportation budget rely on billions of dollars in federal funding. This is the sort of posturing that, that puts all that sort of stuff at, at risk. And it, it's not just me saying that either. Representatives for the state's airport and port associations both testified against this bill for that very reason. Um, it was sort of funny. Uh, the 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 chair of the committee seemed sort of taken aback that the, the port association was testifying against the transportation package. It's just, you know, I've been doing this stuff for twenty years. I don't I don't think I've ever seen something like that. Um, but what's more, the bill sponsor himself said in response to questions that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose this could cost us a bunch of federal funding, um, but at least we won't have woke airports, I guess. There's there's even another part of the bill that would prohibit transit agencies from spending any money on marketing campaigns or public awareness programs that deal with, quote, any social, political, or ideology, ideological interest. What does that mean? Another great question. The sponsor of the bill himself couldn't even really answer. But it sure smells like it's designed to stop an entity like, you know, Lynx here in Central Florida or Tri-Rail in South Florida from, from doing things like sponsoring a booth at a Pride event. You know, you sponsor booths at these events or tables at, at other events because you're trying to get more people to use transit, which not only brings in more revenue for the system and lessens the cost to other taxpayers, but also gets those folks off the roads, which reduces congestion for everyone else. This is a literal win-win scenario. But but God forbid we do a win-win thing if it also means supporting a few queer folks. Then there's House Bill 465. Um, this is this is uh, back to serious stuff here. Um, and I, I don't know if we if we know that this one comes from Ron DeSantis' office, but it it sure seems safe to assume it does because it dovetails exactly with a bunch of campaign trail talking points he adopted after the October seventh Hamas attacks on Israel. Um, this is a, a really ugly bill because it, it targets students at Florida universities who express support for Palestine and, and the Palestinian people. It would essentially raise tuition and cut scholarships and financial aid for, for students who express support for, quote unquote, foreign terrorist organizations. And if those students are in the United States on a visa of some kind, it would also force the schools to report them to the U.S. Department of Homeland, Homeland Security. Um, now, Let's set aside the fact that the bill, for some reason, focuses only on foreign terrorist groups. So, you know, the scholarships of neo-Nazis are safe, I guess. The bill explicitly targets Palestinian supporters. And, and, and why do I say that? Because it singles out exactly two groups as an example of a foreign terrorist organization, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. That's it. And, and before you jump in here and say that no one should be supporting Hamas, of course they shouldn't. 
The problem here is that there are a bunch of politicians led by Ron DeSantis who intentionally conflate support for Palestine with support for Hamas. And how much do you trust the DeSantis administration to approach this issue with even an ounce of nuance? I mean, this is the same guy who's trying to pick a fight over woke highways. Um, All three of these bills, I think I mentioned, moved yesterday through the House for the first time. Um, So essentially, these bills all started moving uh, just within days of Ron DeSantis ending his presidential campaign and turning his attention back to Florida. Um, But let's end today's podcast with a fourth bill, one that doesn't come from Ron DeSantis, but is especially interesting now that the anger monster's back in town. This is House Bill 1347. We've we've mentioned the Senate companion to this bill uh, before. It would uh, it would essentially allow high interest lenders that target low income people with poor credit histories to dramatically raise the interest rates they charge on those loans. the The bill is being pr- pushed primarily by a few big uh, consumer loan companies, namely OneMain and Opportune. Um, why is this interesting in the context of Ron DeSantis? Because the legislature passed a similar version of this bill last year only to see Ron DeSantis veto it. Now, last year's bill was sponsored in the Senate by Joe Gruters, a Republican who was one of the only lawmakers at the time, maybe even the only one, who had endorsed Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis in the presidential race. And Gruters was telling anyone who would listen at the time that DeSantis was punishing him by vetoing his bills and budget projects. Uh, But Ron DeSantis insisted he vetoed the bill because he was concerned that higher interest rates would lead to worse debt for consumers. In other words, he claimed his veto was about principle, not politics. Well, he soon may get a chance to prove that. Um, okay, let's wrap it up there uh, and running through the the plug we always do. Um, if you haven't already, please consider signing up for a subscription at Seeking Rents. The easiest way to find us is SeekingRentsFL.com. That'll get all our stories and podcasts emailed uh, directly to your inbox the moment they publish. Uh, subscriptions are free. None of our stories are behind a paywall, nor will they ever be. But there is an option to pay for a subscription if you can afford it. Um, please, uh, please thinking about doing so if you've got the means. Okay, folks, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk again soon.